to heaven. <laughs> Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 and Led Zeppelin. The Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. I think they have a the chairlift to heaven now since he's so old. How are you going to make it up all those stairs at uh, the age of 78? You don't. It's 74, actually. It's either a service elevator or you. it's one of those the, those things that carry you up the banister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I would love one of those. We, you should definitely get one. I would like one now. Like, right, you know, why should I, the second or third oldest person in this building, have to walk up these very dangerous stairs? I always wondered why they never did that here. For handy, handicapped, uh, you know, uh, purposes. I know for a fact that Dan Williams and I would love to have something like that. You ha- Both of you need it. No kidding. He's got a cane. You're walking around limping all the time. <laughs> it's like theater of the absurd around here. So true. City Council uh, Justin Hurst is going to be joining us today. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's going to be in the studio. He has got to be in his bonnet. I hey. can't say I blame him. Got a lot of questions myself. Uh, and also, we'll do Am I the A-Hole? And, uh, oh, by the way, your Pioneer Valley forecast. Going to see some patchy fog early this morning and then clearing to a nice sunny day. Mild and a high of 68. It's 50 right now in downtown Springfield. It's 537 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. This week it's a Thunderbird. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550 in Dire Straits with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, foggy this morning, then sunny and mild with a high of 68. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Whoa, he Whoa. settled down. Hey what there, the what's the going on? I don't huh? even, huh? I Who's don't running even that know. show over there? Uh, I'm not sure. Hey, uh, Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Takeoff from the rap trio Migos was shot and killed in Houston early yesterday morning. He was only 28 years old. I know you were uh, dying to hear about this story. Um, when I heard about this yesterday, I yeah. immediately hopped onto Spotify to uh, listen to his uh, entire catalog of work. Uh, Migos? He's the uh, tennis instructor down at the uh, the gym, right? Yes. Oh, look at the big baby, huh? <laughs> Takeoff and his bandmate Quavo were reportedly shooting dice at a place called 810 Billiards and Bowling. Shooting dice? When was uh, the last time you heard somebody shooting dice? Happens all the time. I thought that was bad, bad Leroy Brown. He was the baddest man in the whole damn town. Yeah, but he uh, he was shooting dice. I you can't know the remember f- the lyrics. If you're in a bowling alley, yeah, there's usually so much more to do with the bowling alley. There's bowling. Yeah. There may be like an arcade. I spend most of my time just picking out shoes. Well, these uh, these two guys were shooting dice, and then uh, an argument broke out, and shots were fired, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. The two other people were shot and taken to a nearby hospital. Quavo was not injured. Uh, TMZ has a video of a woman who apparently said she was a nurse trying to help out while Quavo was on the phone with 911 asking what to do. They also posted a video of Quavo arguing with a guy in the moments before the shooting with takeoff standing behind him. In the clip, you can hear gunshots, but you don't see anyone getting hit. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, these are tough times, man. Tough another, times. Another tragedy out of uh, out of Hollywood. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow 
sells vagina candles. You know that. Right? Yes. But that's not the most ridiculous thing you can find on Goop's holiday gift guide because that's her thing, Goop. Here's her 10 wildest picks. We'll go through every single one of them. All right, I'm ready. Yep. Number one, Gucci Gigi waste bag holder, $420. In other words, a uh, fanny pack. No, 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 no. This is for your dog's waste. For your dog? Yeah, not It's a doggy waste. fanny pack. Yes, it's a it's a waste basket, not a around your waist bag. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 420 bucks. Worth every penny. Yeah. Rowan hair color kit for dogs, $50. It's washable color sticks and coat shimmer for your fur baby. That's per- that's terrific. My, my dog has black hair, I, unless she's got white. He Yes, but uh, he could have frosted tips. Oh, he could have frosted tips. How I cool would really that check look? Check that out. Uh, higher dose two-person infrared sauna, $8,000. Totally worth it. Well, who doesn't have $8,000 to spend on Christmas gifts? I know, I do. I I've got uh, I got that in my pocket right uh, now. Bolin Web 24 karat gold razor set, $425. <laughs> Only losers loop use plastic razors. Yeah, no kidding. I, w- I want mine to be blinged out. Uh Kiki de Montepars tufted boudoir chaise. That's a chair. 28 okay. th- a sex chair, $28,500. Can't you get one uh, cheaper at, say, like a Ikea. Ocean State job lot? Or Ikea, even, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to go down there and say, what do you got in a sex chair over here? It just requires an Allen wrench and vague instructions. Uh, Flamingo Estate free-range uh, composted manure, $75. That's some expensive shiznit. <laughs> but, <laughs> af- but effective. Yes. Tapper gold-plated AirPod chain, 110 bucks. I thought the whole point of the... AirPods was to be free of wires. Uh, yes, they are. But some people like the wires. Chefany uh, Kama Sutra dinner napkins, eighty-eight dollars for napkins. You probably wouldn't want to use those when Grandma's coming over for dinner. Probably not. Cowgirl sex machine, seventeen hundred and fifty dollars. Who does not need one of those? There's got to be a cheaper way. And the Light Phone 2, that's $299. You use your own SIM card, and you can call, text, use navigation and alarms. It has a black and white display. It's an expensive hipster iPhone. That's something uh, I don't I, want. I'm going to have to uh, I'm gonna have to start saving early, because some, mm-hmm. some of these ideas are really uh, jogging my, my thoughts for Christmas. More bad news for James Corden. Ricky Gervais just called him out for telling a joke on The Late Late Show that almost is identical to a bit Ricky did in his 2018 Netflix special, Humanity. How tough do things have to be when you have to steal material from a much funnier comedian? Well, you know, the idea is you have all these people writing jokes for you because you're on a talk show. Why would you need to steal jokes if somebody else... That would be an argument. Well, I had somebody write this bit for me. It's also possible that James Corden hasn't written down all of Ricky Gervais's jokes, and maybe somebody else stole it on his behalf. Is what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, in that special, Ricky was dragging internet trolls who feel the need to post negative comments. He said, "Quote: It's like going to a town square and seeing a big notice board that says notice guitar lessons, and going, I don't effing want guitar lessons." <laughs> Fine, it's not for you then. Just walk away and don't worry about it. On his show Monday, Corden basically told the same joke, and Ricky tweeted, quote, The bit about the town square advert for guitar lessons is brilliant. 
But then he deleted that tweet saying he felt sorry for Corden because one of his writers probably gave him the bit. That's this it. is exactly what That's I said. Worth talking. And he didn't know any better. Yesterday, Corden acknowledged the chaos by tweeting, quote, inadvertently told a brilliant Ricky Gervais joke on the show last night, obviously not knowing it came from him. It's brilliant because it's a Ricky Gervais joke. You can watch all Ricky's excellent specials on Netflix. But not so brilliant when it's James Corden's joke. Yeah. I bet you that guy is, uh, he's fired now. Probably. But then again, Corden's having a bad week. Weird Al Yankovic met Kurt Cobain for the first time in person a few months after he released Smells Like Nirvana, his parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit. He ran into him at a restaurant in L.A., and during uh, an Ask Us Anything forum uh, yesterday, Weird Al said, quote, I timidly went over and thanked Kurt profusely for letting me do Smells Like Nirvana and told him how I was now obligated to do any favor that he wished. He turned his head and extended his hand and said, polish my nails. He goes, I love that guy. I was like, good thing he didn't ask you to go pick up some firearms for him at the local <laughs> store. Hey, can you go down to Gun Zinc and pick up my shotgun? <laughs> did, did he actually wind up doing the nails? No, he never did. Oh, he just, he just thought it was funny that he said that. And Kim Kardashian <laughs> went to the wrong party and arrived in a Halloween costume when nobody else was. No she, kidding. She had egg on her face. Oh, she must have had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I this had this much egg on my face was when Ray J gave me some Tijuana toothpaste and that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. You can look that up on Urban. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. And uh, Caitlin? I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once took a stroll in the Shrek swamp. I gave her the Tony Danza. What's the Tony Danza? Who's the boss? <laughs> Tony Danza. What are, you, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I wound up with a case of the Cupid's measles. I'm going to have to look that up, too. And Kanye? Anybody want to donate to my GoFundMe account to help me become a billionaire again? <laughs> now, you would think Steve Nagel's making this up, but he ain't, because it's true. <laughs> I started a GoFundMe account. Help me make a billion dollars once again by donating to my GoFundMe account. Won't you help me help myself? Help this poor anti-Semitic person <laughs> help yourself. Such an injustice. And that's your Hollywood T-Rage from Rock 102. Oh, yeah. When A, he is still technically under contract with the Boston Celtics, and B, seemingly incapable of controlling his animalistic reserve of, over of overflowing testosterone and using it like a divining rod in the desert. Well, apparently, it only took about six weeks for the Brooklyn Nets to decide, hey, you know what? We're going to ignore that indefinite suspension and those allegations uh, against him for being a workplace cancer and try to hire him anyway. According to reports, just hours after, being, after firing head coach Steve Nash, the Nets have decided to pursue the next best thing, a walking human resource disaster. Oddly enough, the Boston Celtics have granted permission for the Nets to take this dirtbag off their hands. It certainly is not like the Celtics want to have anything to do with bringing him back into the office. He's the perfect guy to bring into a bad situation like the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, if I were a woman working in that office in Brooklyn, I might feel slightly less safe. And if I were Steve Nash, I might take this as a pretty big insult, too. But at the end of the day, it appears as though he's about to become somebody else's problem. And apparently, the Nets feel to be uh, feel okay with this, like the Catholic Church of basketball. All they have to do is ignore the egregious accusations and hope that he'll never do it again. In other words, let's see who replaces him in six months. Bye!
But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. When does grilling season end? I'll tell you, never. Get a grill you love at Rocky's and grill year-round. Whether it's a Weber gas grill, a Traeger wood fire pellet grill, or a big green egg. What's your style? They got your grill. And all the gear, too, at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 6.09 and the cards with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be uh, foggy this morning, and then that clears away, and we have sunny skies and mild with a high of 68 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 66. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, a couple things coming up uh, this morning. Justin Hurst from the Springfield City Council. We're going to talk about the the hiring of a brand new uh, a brand new rookie firefighter in Springfield and some other things, too. And then also a round of Am I the A-Hole coming up after 7. How about that? That does sound like fun. Uh, well, we can we can uh, talk about a holes all morning long. Elon Musk with this whole Twitter thing. It, now that he owns Twitter, he's uh, given his employees their first ultimatum: meet his deadline to introduce paid verification on Twitter, or pack up and leave. He <clears> suggested <throat> in a tweet yesterday that uh, you pay eight bucks a month. To get your Twitter account verified with that blue little check next to it, yeah, um, and that would like give you access, like uh, priority uh, responses to people, more right. likely to be responded to by other blue checkers, things like that. Um, I didn't realize free speech cost eight bucks a month. At the I mean, very least. You know, he 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 said, oh, you know, we're going to put this whole thing together and it's going to be a town square and it's going to be, uh, you know, everybody can come together and, and yeah. think. But for $8 more a month, you can be heard more than anybody else. I, I think it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous, but in here's, here's the thing. I mean, I'm not going to pay eight bucks a month. What does that wind up being, like 96 bucks a year? Yeah. Yeah, there's no way I'm paying for that because, frankly, I don't like Twitter enough to, to to rip out that expense. But if you were someone who was using, say, Facebook or Instagram professionally, let's let's say, for example, that you were a uh, like they wanted to be considered an influencer on those yeah. platforms, you are paying to get extra followers right. through ads or you know you know boosting posts or whatever. It may be. And the only way that an influencer really makes money is to invest in those platforms in order to make that kind of money. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it really, it's not that much different. It's just a matter of how you want to label it. Well, it's still going to cost you. It's just that okay. Twitter's not worth, but Twitter is such a, 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 a cesspool to begin with. It's not worth eight bucks a year, never mind eight bucks a month. But, but that's focused on a creator. That's focused on somebody who's like uh, content creating things to to get people to watch them do stupid videos or, or whatever it is or, or listen to their political platform or, or whatever, whatever right. it may be. But every, you know, police department and fire department in this country has a blue check next to it if they've done it the right way. Right. So are you going to start charging them $8 a month now? And then that's more taxpayer well, funds that you're paying for because if you have a public service that uses these things. If it opens up your post to more exposure, then that's what you're going to have to do. But th- but see, that's not... <laughs> I'm not saying it's fair. But I'm not saying it's right. No, but you, you forced all these all these folks to say, hey, you need to get on this bandwagon and uh, ha- have a Twitter page for your organization. 
like a public service, like a like a national health service or a police department or any of those places. I agree. I mean, I listen. I'm I'm not for charging for social media. I mean, the last time I really AOL was the last time I paid a monthly fee for something right. on the internet that I you know voluntarily did as opposed to you know getting screwed on a credit card bill of something I had no idea about. But yeah. but nevertheless, you know that was that's that's the last time I did that. Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, it should all be, you know, I mean, its success has been because it's it's free. It allows you to say whatever you want, un- encumbered by fees and censorship and all that other stuff. But this is the cost of doing business on Twitter now. Well, it doesn't allow you to say whatever you want. No, I mean, there's certain things you can't say. But in any other in any other case, any kind of you know you know tasteful image you want to portray or. Uh, tasteful uh, you know, reputation-building posts you want to put up there, then it's okay. I have always had a problem with the the blocking of people and the blocking of, you know, um, <clears throat> you, you, an entity as big as Twitter is. I don't think blocking people is the right answer to solve your problems. Right. As far as, because you're just going to, you're just forcing somebody else to find another outlet anyway. To, to echo the, those comments. You know, I really don't think Donald Trump should have been blocked from Twitter. As much as I might disagree with yeah. pretty much, uh, you know, his views or whatever, I believe in free speech, and I believe you're allowed to say those things because it's it's an exchange of ideas. You know, if you free- didn't have that throughout history, you wouldn't have people, you know, you wouldn't have... People working things out, or, or I don't know how to put that. No, in, no, in I, a I mean, I, light. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I, I agree. No one should be blocked from from Twitter. To me, at that point, if you're following that information, you're following the person posting. Let's say you're following uh, Kanye, for example. Yeah. Um, should he be blocked from Twitter? Uh, no, probably not. But you don't necessarily have to follow the message. Or well, the that, messenger. That, that's my, that. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like you know, you, people people say things all the time that are offensive to me. I just don't pay attention to them because I don't feel that way. And and you can't support what they no, do. But they have a right to say that mm-hmm. as much as I have a right to say what I have a right to say. Right. But you know, now you're you're talking about paying for that. Well, are you paying for the? So, how are they setting this up? So, in order to use Twitter at all, yeah, you got to pay eight dollars a month, or is it eight dollars a month for the free service, but eight dollars a month to pay for additional well, exposure? I guess do they already? They must already charge something for that. I think it's four ninety nine a month. They don't. The, well, yeah, they don't charge anything for the basic service of Twitter, right? But the four ninety nine a month, I think, is already in place for this blue check thing. So then he's trying to revamp this whole thing and say, hey, you know what? Eight bucks a month for anybody who wants a blue check. You see, we've kind of created, we've kind of dug ourselves in a, in a bit of a subscription hole here because you, you, it's the same thing with like a Netflix or a Hulu. You, yeah. you can pay the minimum, but if you want to get rid of you know commercials or, or have an, a, def, a different tier of availability of shows to watch, you got to pay a little bit extra. Same thing with a Spotify. You want to get rid of all this, the the uh, uh, all the commercials and 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 skip through songs you don't want to hear. Yeah, y- you got to pay for it. 
with with social media, I mean, if the idea, it depends on what you want to do. If you're only there to talk to the people that you care about and know personally, well, then that's fine. But if you're out there looking to build an audience and grow it and manipulate it for as much as you can, then Twitter isn't doing anything that the other ones aren't doing. It's just a matter of how they are rolling it out. If it's just about the the, the blue check, and that's the and that's like the you, you know that's where the the cachet is on this thing, then I can understand it. But but I always see those is once you start charging for something, then that just opens the door for you to charge for other stuff later on. Sure, absolutely. You know you're opening up this this uh, Andorra's box. Actually, I think it was Pandora's box. It, she had one too. But you're opening up this Pandora's box of, oh, okay, hey, you know what? If you're gonna pay eight ninety nine a month for that, uh, or eight bucks a month for this blue check, uh, maybe we can uh, charge you an extra four dollars a know, month, and you can uh, get your tweet to the top. Sure, but you know what? A lot of these services are discovering is that some people won't pay for that. It's one of the reasons why, for example, uh, there have been like specific things that like. Facebook has introduced or Spotify has introduced and for whatever reason the market isn't really willing to support that kind of thing and they're not really willing to pay extra for some of these things but there's also enough people out there that will pay for those services right but to some sustain of those ser- that company and say you know what we don't even need to worry about the people that aren't paying because we're paying we're charging enough for the people that are already on board with us. right but what those platforms discover is the things that that people are not buying into no longer become financially solvent to have so they just remove it and they don't i mean they're not gonna they're not gonna reimburse you but they'll start char- they'll stop charging you for that like, there, like right now, there's a thing with between like Spotify and iTunes. Spotify was trying to do a uh, an audiobook feature on uh, on Spotify, but uh, iTunes tried to shut that down so it wouldn't be available on on Apple devices without you know you know real complications. So now Spotify is figuring out whether or not they want to do audiobooks since they've literally been you know blocked out of the iTunes platform to sell it. So now once they realize it's no longer financially viable to have, they're kind of scaling that back and maybe getting out of audiobooks. Somebody just asked, uh, did Bax just say social media and Twitter is uncensored? No, it, it uh, no, no, no. I, that's not what I that's not what I meant. What I meant was it's it shouldn't be censored. Mm-hmm. But obviously this terms of service stipulations on all these platforms. And if you violate yeah. it, then they will m- remove it. And another guy says it's not about the blue check; it's about getting rid of all the bots. How can you not get rid of those on your own? Why do you need the blue check to do that? Well, yes, you should you should be able to do that, but then it also winds up being a very time consuming thing. Okay, but you are own this thing. You yes. should be able to. You should be able to shed of these people that aren't real on your own site. You have the technology to do that. You should be. They know which ones are fake. Of course they do. But they're telling you it's eight dollars a month to to say it's. Uh, we can verify that these are are fake by you paying eight bucks a month for it. Listen, Elon That's Musk. Did, this is Elon ridiculous. Musk did become a multi-billionaire by being a sweet fella. You know that. <laughs> He, no, he did it because he, he, he wanted to make more money. And I don't trust any of these people, the the Bezos or or any of these people who think that, 
or tell you that they're doing good for humanity when they're not. (laughs) You know, Jeff Bezos wants to get in your house. He's in your house for the most part. That's why they bought the ring doorbell system. He's helping humanity because he's having the time of his life. Yeah, but they they know everything about you. They know everything. They know the conversations that go on in your home. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. They can tell whether or not these things are bots or not. It'll be interesting to see whether people will be that dedicated to Twitter enough to spend the money. I know I won't. If I got to spend money to be on Twitter, I'm not using yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I'm not going to use it either. No. I'm still I'm not going to pay for Facebook either. I'm not going to pay for any of this No, and, stuff. I'm, and, I'm, and I think those will be the death of those particular platforms, and new ones, better ones, but, will emerge. But it'll be interesting to see, like, if our company decides, hey, are we going to pay the 8 bucks a month to be on this, this platform? Steve, we can't even get two-ply toilet paper in this building. So, no, they're not yeah, going to pay for that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah right. that's, that's what I'm saying. It just seems a little ridiculous the way, uh, and I, I know we're running out of time here, but again... I'm I'm more concerned about these public entities that have Twitter pages that you're going to start making them pay money in order to get your message out. Like you're offering a public service. They may actually offer ex- uh, exceptions for like first responders, I, you know, fire the, and safety. You know, and, I, that I would be cool with. Until I see that verified, because yesterday that's what I was reading. That you know you're going to cause these problems among these police departments who. If you have an emergency message to be put out, yeah. you know, unless you're friends with somebody who's a verified blue check guy, you're not going to know that there's an accident. You're not going to know that Mountain Road in Holyoke is closed. It is? N- no, it's open. Oh, right okay, now. good. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying, but you're not going to know in the winter. It's 623 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Pro contractors rely on Pro Tool for Wacker equipment. From Wacker pumps, generators, inlight towers to Wacker compactors, rollers, and rammers. We even have Wacker. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 628 and Boston with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be uh, sunny eventually after the fog clears and a high of 68. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 49 in downtown Springfield. Justin Hurst, Springfield City Council, will be joining us after uh, 8 o'clock to talk about uh, a situation going on between the uh, police and fire department uh, that he's none too happy about. And then also, am I the a-hole coming up after 7? Uh-huh. Lots of cool stuff today. Yes, sir. And we have news next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Areas of patchy fog will give way to lots of sunshine this morning. It will have a beautiful afternoon as well with sunshine. It'll be mild with temperatures in the middle and upper 60s and just a light breeze. For tonight, mainly clear and chilly. Temperatures will fall into the 30s. For tomorrow, lots of sunshine. Readings climb quickly. We're back into the mid-60s. The wind will remain light. And for Friday, sunshine, just a couple of clouds mix in. It'll be breezy and warmer with highs in the upper 60s to near 70. And right now, the weekend looks fantastic. Sunshine mixed with clouds, breezy, highs in the lower 70s on Saturday, mid-70s on Sunday with just the chance of a spot shower. With your Western Mass News First Alert forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. You know, when it comes to great food and a welcoming atmosphere with a staff that treats you like family, the Shortstop Bar and Grill in Westfield is the place to be. They got fresh burgers, grilled salmon, steaks, flatbread salads, and incredible desserts. And all the food at the Shortstop is made daily. Chef Monica has created a menu with amazing food for everyone in the family. They got 29 different beers on tap, daily and monthly drink specials, along with a huge selection of appetizers. Now, if you're really into sports, which uh, most people that go to the Shortstop are, you got 30 different TVs 
and you're not going to miss one second of the action of your favorite game. The shortstop in Westfield is the perfect place to watch the game and hang out with friends. They have a huge heated outdoor patio, fire tables, and live music, creating the perfect atmosphere, or you can bring the entire gang to the entertainment zone with the -the state-of-the-art golf simulators and batting cages. Shortstop is number one for food and fun. Shortstop Bar and Grill, 99 Springfield Road, Route 20 in Westfield, and online at shortstopbarandgrill.com. It's a restaurant destination that will feel like home. Meet with MiraVista virtually and make your next career move a reality. On Monday, November 7th, MiraVista Behavioral Center is hosting a virtual hiring event for RNs and LPNs. MiraVista offers a great working environment, competitive wages and benefits, and sign-on bonuses up to $15,000. A variety of full-time, part-time, and per diem shifts are available. Join a caring team of professionals dedicated to making a life-changing difference for individuals affected by mental health and substance use. For details, visit miravistabhc.care. 631 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. A Vermont woman died in a car crash Tuesday morning in Blanford. State police were called to a crash on Beach Hill Road around 7.47 a.m. Tuesday involving a GMC Yukon. A preliminary investigation revealed that a 40-year-old woman from Woodford, Vermont, was driving when she lost control and crashed off the right side of the road. The vehicle hit a tree before going down a ditch approximately 30 feet deep. The driver of the vehicle died in the crash. No other vehicles were involved. It's still under investigation by the state police. An accident involving a tractor-trailer caused uh, traffic backups on Route 57 Rotary in Agawam on Tuesday afternoon. Agawam police say a tractor-trailer hit the guardrail in the middle of the rotary and was blocking traffic. All the vehicles on the rotary were redirected to Route 57 westbound. According to Waze, traffic was backed up uh, eastbound on Route 57 around 5 p.m., which is not a uh, a heavy time for traffic. Not, Not in that neighborhood. You know what's going to happen next week? Because the time changes this weekend. Oh, my God. So yeah. now it's going to be dark at like 5 o'clock, yeah. which sucks. I don't know why we keep doing that. I don't know why we keep talking about it year after year, I and yet know. nothing ever gets done about it. Well, it's just something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> something to bitch about. Yeah, no, I know. And, and you know, you got to kind of set the calendar uh, for that, too. Yeah. Why do we do this stupid thing every year, twice a year? But, you know, there's nothing... <sighs> There was nothing like when we used to play softball mm-hmm. years ago, you know, back when the some of us were still, uh, uh, you know, vibrant and had youth yeah. on our side. Uh, I always hated when we were playing softball at like the beginning of September because, you know, the games would start at six by six forty five. It was starting to get dark. And by mm-hmm. seven o'clock, it was, you know, virtually unsafe to play. But now with the with the the changing of the clocks back it's like oh my god it's like at three o'clock you start seeing the sun kind of you know go by the wayside and by four or five o'clock it's pitch blackout nobody likes that nobody yeah. enjoys it i kind of uh i kind of missed out on that whole sports team thing that we had here oh that was a good time never uh that was like you, you did that maybe two years before i started that was the last year you did <sighs> is it that long ago yeah. man jesus yeah. Yeah, I know all the uh, all the guys we played with have uh, e- either gotten very very old or just flat out died. Well, I mean, we also used to have em- enough employees here to con- <laughs> to have a team, at least nine people. Well, in all fairness, yeah. Steve, we did have more than our share of ringers on that team. Yeah, I'd say mostly ringers. 
Well, yeah, but uh, that's the whole point of it. Yeah, no. The real point was drinking beer and eating pizza afterwards. Back in the day when we had plenty of staff people Mm -hmm. that wanted to play, we would lose every single game. It was exasperating. And at some point, you just got to say, hey, uh, nice nice game. Would you like to switch sides and come on to our team for a while? Would would you play other businesses? Yeah. Is that what it was? Other businesses. uh, Who used to kick the crap out of you? Uh, well, towards the end, we would hardly ever lose, but you know, from time to time we would get our asses kicked. Oh, like the guys at uh, Westover yeah, would typically kick our ass, but they were still young and, and powerful, uh, yeah. you know, people and, and they were used to working really hard. We were more used to, you know, opening up like a 36 pack in the dugout and going to town on it. We should start a, like a Jenga team. Jenga? Some, something like big giant Jenga? Yeah. Yeah. Like something, something simple. Yeah, because physical activity at this age, at this point yeah. in my life is just not something I'm looking to do. Yeah, Jenga seems like a nice, calm game to play, and you can still, uh, you know, yeah. throw th- throw slurs at the other person. You can, yeah. and we could do it for charity. Yeah, because you know, that was the whole purpose of it. Yeah, let's play Jenga for charity. All right, very look good. Look at me coming up with new promotion ideas. <laughs> I'm moving right up to the top here. It took you almost 18 yeah. and a half years to come up with a decent idea. Now well, look at you. See, everybody said, uh, "Don't listen to that kid." And now we're all now he's to running kid. the show and we're playing Jenga. <laughs> a uh, Springfield man was arrested uh, following an investigation that uh, drug that found drugs and firearms inside of a Munsing Street home in Ludlow. Ludlow Police Chief Daniel Velada said officers worked with a federal task force Thursday to serve a search warrant at a single-family home on Munsing Street after a lengthy investigation into drug trafficking inside the home. Officers found over 621 grams of cocaine with an estimated street value of sixty-two thousand dollars. Approximately 500 grams of heroin uh, worth $40,000, two semi-automatic handguns, four large-capacity magazines, and $4,000 in cash. I'm uh, looking at a street view of Munsing Street in Ludlow because I, I don't really uh, I don't know that street. And it's a very quiet little uh, seemingly harmless residential area. And yet they got all of that drug paraphernalia uh, going on in that street. I would, If I'm a neighbor, I would be very, very upset. Listen, if you're going to run a drug house, you do it in a in a nice neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, because one, it uh, no one would suspect a thing, and right. then two, yeah. uh, you know the the property value issue, uh, you know, really would be what I would be thinking of if I were like a next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah, I would. I'd be probably a little put off by the drug trade going on next door. Uh, Police arrested 31-year-old Orlando Santiago of Springfield after they determined he was in control of the contraband found in the home. He was arraigned in Palmer District Court and uh, charged with a slew of charges. And uh, Chief Valada says this uh, arrest illustrates the continued proliferation of deadly narcotics such as fentanyl, heroin, and cocaine in our local communities. And uh, we're, we're taking this city back. We're taking the city back, bitches. He, he didn't say that. But. I was going to say, where had it been? He should, though. Yeah. He should say that. We're taking this city back, bitches. Back to what, though? Well, I don't know. I mean, we've heard a lot about Ludlow in the in the last uh, few years. About It's kind of like uh, becoming this hot spot now. Yeah. Uh, it's like an criminal activity. And I don't get it. It's, you know, there's, there's parts of Ludlow that are uh, absolutely delightful. And yet there are parts where you say, oh, I know, I can see that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I can definitely see that. Um Oh, they're still talking about this. La- they haven't found this lady with the shoplifter yet. The one that was at Ols yeah, department I store? I don't know how you could not identify her. 
I mean, the, the cameras just, yeah, you know, it shows every little detail, it even shows the zit that's about to pop in her face. Some, somebody said to me yesterday, like, they must have been listening to the podcast, and they're like, hey, by the way, that, that lady, that, that lady is shopping at Kohl's. <laughs> really? Because you know? I'm not sure he knew that I was joking about that. It's always amazing to me when someone is not hearing our sarcasm. Well, a lot of people don't hear our sarcasm. That's well, what gets they, us in trouble sometimes. They're listening intensely to the show, but for whatever reason, the sarcasm isn't coming through strong enough. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why. Uh, it sounds like uh, these two were dating and just broke up. If, they, if not, they have a really weird friendship. A 34-year-old uh, Florida woman named Chelsea White got arrested near Port St. Lucie on Saturday for biting a man after he asked for his sex toy back. They didn't say what kind of sex toy it was. She, that was going to be my very first question. She wanted to keep it, and they were arguing, so he grabbed her purse and said, I have your bag. Give me back my property. She started kicking him while they fought over the bag and latched onto him with her teeth. He admits he punched her, but he says that was only to make her stop biting him. Oh, I can see that. Cops S- determined Still not a very gentlemanly thing to do. Cops determined Chelsea was the primary aggressor and arrested her for a domestic battery. She's due back in court on November 16th. Uh, let's see uh, if we can see her mugshot here. Mm. Where are you finding it? On the smoking gun. It, it looks like uh, like she would be fighting over a sex toy. You think so? Yeah. I would love to know what sex toy we're talking about here, though. Yeah. What if it's uh, what if it's that uh, big giant arm with the three fingers pointing at the end of it? Yeah. Remember right. You saw that in the cup store. I, over in I West do. Springfield? I do remember that. Or maybe it's a uh, one of the uh, multi ball things. Yes. There's that. Uh, like that. It looks like the old uh, SST uh, starting strip on those little old cars for yeah, a kid. You know, like right. zing, zing. Yeah. Those, zing. those are good. Rip it up like a chainsaw. If this sounds familiar, there was a similar incident in Kentucky almost exactly a year ago. A 33-year-old woman borrowed a sex toy from her cousin, refused to return it, and stabbed him when he wanted it back. She just got sentenced last month to a year in jail. So the smoking gun also has posted the arrest affidavit. Now, I would, as an investigator, want to know all of the very many details involved in this story. Mm -hmm. I would have asked, what kind of sex toy are we talking about? Are we talking about... You know, just a, a simple set of Benoit balls or some sort yeah, of right. sleeve, you know, some sort of... Uh, some Bluetooth uh, contraption yes. where you can, uh, what do they call it, the panty puppet or it's something a, like that? Something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk to Sadie Allison later on <laughs> right. in a few months and she can uh, uh, help us uh, bone yeah. up on our uh, sex toy oh, knowledge. I see what you did there. But uh, yeah, this, to me, this is important. This was his toy. Yeah, I, I, I would want to know what toy it is, too. But going back to this other incident that happened a year ago, you borrowed a sex toy from your cousin? Isn't that like <coughs> you go over to your cousin's house and you're like, oh, what do you got there? Hmm. Uh, can I borrow that? <laughs> well, I'll bring it back on Saturday. Yeah, um, well, it is it is used. And then she refuses to return it. To me, there are certain things you should never borrow. Underpants, socks, sex toys. Maybe she was getting married and that was something blue. <laughs> something borrowed, borrowed and blue. blue. And right. blue, yeah. See, you just need uh, what is it? Oh, something, and now she needs something old and something new. Yeah. Maybe she's got all four of those in one <laughs> sex toy. 
something old, something new, Oops, something borrowed, borrow, something, something blue. blue. Yeah, there, there you go. You go. Yeah. All right. I, I think we, uh, we're we on to something here. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today. It is going to be uh, mostly sunny eventually after the fog lifts and a high of 68. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 48 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Skinner. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Fog early, then clearing uh, to a nice mild day. Sunny and a high of 68. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 66. 47 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, I told you that uh, tomorrow I'm going to be doing a celebrity bartending thing at Nathan Bills. Yeah. For, the, uh, for Meg's Fight for a Cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, typically when they tell you that it's going to be a celebrity bartending uh, attending event and you see the list of celebrities and uh, you wonder what exactly does it take to be considered a uh, celebrity, yeah. i got to tell you. Uh, more so than most of these celebrity bartending events, they have packed the docket with Springfield glitterati and celebutards like I've never seen. Yeah, go for it. Get a load of this. Uh, well, let, let, let me just start with uh, with with the group that I'll be with. Uh, Will Reichelt, the mayor of uh, West Springfield. Uh, Jared Olenoff, who I don't really know. Uh, and get a load of this. Mr. Barry Krieger. Barry Krieger? Barry Krieger coming out of mothballs to do some celebrity bartending in the same shift that I'm at. And that's uh, that's just a uh, that's just a small sampling of yeah. who else is going to be out there. That's uh, one of Barry's favorite places to eat. I know is, it is. Uh, is Nathan Bills. Because uh, he loves the Irish balls. I'm sure he, he lo- does. He loves putting those Irish balls in oh, his mouth. And he they're could so eat, warm. He and, could have those balls in his yeah, mouth all yeah. day long. Uh, uh, the mayor will be there. Uh, Cheryl Clamprud, uh, Nick Kochi, Bud Williams, uh, BJ Calvi. Uh, let's see. A uh, bunch of other people. Uh, some that I know, some that I don't. But nevertheless, that is a outstanding group of local and regional celebrities. Mind if I show up to this? I you could do whatever you want. I'm not trying to steal your thunder. I You're just want to hang out with the uh, with Dom Dom and BJ Calvi. Who wouldn't? I know. Who wouldn't? And and Barry. Let's see. Uh, let's nah, not. Barry. Barry's no slouch. Ba- uh, Barry's. Uh, I can see Barry anytime I want. But can you see Barry from behind the bar? No, I can see him behind his kitchen <laughs> cooking me soup and egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> That's what I see Barry as. So anyway, please yeah. uh, please join us Thursday at Nathan Bill's. From five thir- from uh, five until nine, it's going to be a good uh, a good time, and it's there for a really really good cause. So we hope to see you out there tomorrow night. Awesome. Uh, I was reading this this commentary this morning about one of the most interesting things about the pandemic, at least from an employment perspective, is that productivity didn't suffer as a result of remote work when everybody was home, you know, doing the Zoom thing. In many cases, employees became even more productive while working from home, either because they were happier or because they were making an extra effort to impress faraway bosses. Now comes the word from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that productivity plunged during the first half of 2022 down by the sharpest rate since the 1940s. Economists are trying to come up with explanations for the decline and to understand what this means for post-pandemic changes to the workplace, including hybrid schedules that allow more time out of the office. Uh, This person says, my hunch is that many workers are letting their employers know that things are different now. First, there's the trend of quiet quitting. Which, uh, but which, by which some employees throttle back on their work tempo to express a recalibration of their work-life balance. That is, they're reprioritizing the importance of work in their lives. I can definitely see that. If you were like forced to be at home right. that entire time, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're like, you know what, you got to come back to work because we're paying for the heat in these buildings and uh, we need people to fill them. 
that's going to make you not want to work. <clears throat> there are people out there that say, hey, you know what? I can go find another job that uh, that lets me work from home. You know, it's an interesting phenomenon, and it's not just uh, you know me who feels this because I, mean, I, I came to work every day regardless of uh, how I had to distance myself from everybody. But um, and you did, too, for that matter. But um, I noticed that a lot of people are just miserable and depressed yeah. and down in the dumps because of any number thing, you know, more so than before this pandemic. I, I mean, I just think this has sucked the life out of a lot of us, you know, going through all this anxiety and, you know, yeah. am I vaccinated? Am I vaccinated enough? You know, should I get a vaccination? Right. You know, are people going to judge me if I don't get a vaccination? And then the whole work thing. I think, you know, this is like, I think this has taken a severe psychological toll on all of us. I, I don't understand why we don't do this more often. There are so many people that could be doing their jobs from home and you're, you know, you're talking about you want to push this, uh, uh, you know, green initiative. Well, the greenest initiative is have somebody to work out of their house and they don't have to drive to work, 45-minute commutes and things mm-hmm. like that. I, I just don't see the need for people to in every business to be present at where, where you are. I think it entirely depends on what your job is and what your employer does. Listen, we could do this from our own homes. We could. We could. And there are radio hosts that do that. Marty Caproni says that guy in Buffalo who's, uh, you know, he's he's broadcasting from his home in Tampa. Mm-hmm. While you look at him, you go into the studio that they have in Buffalo and you sit there and you watch this guy on a video screen. But it makes it sound like he's right there in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, technically it's, uh, it's possible, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> he's not there because of the pandemic. He's there because what, he's at the end of his career, what, what and that's do, why he wants to be there. What do you think the most essential thing for us to be here would be? Why do you think it's so it's essential for us to be here sitting across from each other in this room, as opposed to me doing it from my house and you doing it from your well, house? Well, I think one of the things that uh, that is often asked of us to do is to do events that are local. And you can't do that if I'm, say, a thousand miles away. Well, but, but I'm not talking about 1,000 miles away. I'm talking about doing this from your own home. You'd oh, still be living sure. in the area. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I did that. You remember when I had my uh, life-threatening bun- bunion yeah. surgery? I did the uh, the show for home for weeks. Yeah. I mean, but they're talking about, you know, like possibly giving us a new building here. You know, yeah. you're investing that money mm-hmm. into something that you really don't need to. I don't know what to tell you. This is uh this is the way uh, the way companies work. Yeah, but a lot of that push like to get people back into offices and stuff was because they had all this office space and nobody was filling it. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's uh, 658 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. New England Patriots football. Every game, every Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7-11 and Alice Cooper with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, fog clearing and then sunny today with a high of 68 uh, tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 66. It's 49 in downtown Springfield. Uh, we got M-I-D-A-O. Yeah, I still don't have an opening or thing for that. Oh, no, you don't we'll think f- that singing was good? No, it was very good. I'm just thinking it needs uh, something a little bit more, I don't know, uh, professional. Sounds like uh, when you go to church and uh, some of the priests sing that part. Right. And then the other ones just go, yeah, through him with him. him. 
<laughs> the drive-by priests. Yeah, those are the ones that can't sing. So I think that one sounded uh, just fine, don't you think? I'm gonna, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll workshop it. We'll see. All right, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Am I the a-hole for making my in-laws leave? This is important for my context. My husband and I have a very strict rule that if you don't call or text us before you come over, you're made to leave. This has been a fact since we got married and had kids. This applies to both sides of the family. Okay? Okay. So today around 4.30, I hear a knock at the door, and it turns out it's my in-laws. My husband isn't home at this point, so I quickly call him to see if they talked to him about coming over. He says, no, they hadn't. I checked my messages and missed calls and voicemail. They didn't call or text me either. I answered the door and asked him uh, what they needed. They asked to see our daughter, who isn't even home. She's at my mom's house visiting for the week since my husband and I are in the process of closing on a house and moving out of our rental home, so we are not in any shape to receive guests. I asked him if they called or texted my husband or myself, and they admit that they hadn't, but they didn't see the issue since I was home. I remind them of our rule and tell them that they need to leave. My father-in-law gets huffy, saying they drove over an hour to see our daughter and they should be allowed in. I explained that I understand that, but since they didn't check with us first, they needed to leave. I go to close the door, and my mother-in-law puts her foot in the way to prevent the door from closing. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm getting extremely frustrated as I have other things that I need to take care of. My mother-in-law explains that since I was, uh, it was such a long drive. I'm sorry. My mother-in-law explains since it was such a long drive. They should at least be let in for a few minutes to visit. At this point, my husband comes home, and my in-laws are under the impression that my husband will let them in. He does not. He tells them to leave, and at this point, they're trespassing. What? Man. We have no trespassing sign on a tree by the house. It's clearly visible. My husband reminds them of our rule and tells them to leave. They refuse. My husband then tells him he has no choice but to call them police and have them removed from the property. (laughs) My in-laws think he's bluffing, but my husband isn't a bluffer. He calls the sheriff and has his parents removed from the property. His parents are extremely upset, saying we're the a-holes for not letting them break the rule. I do honestly feel a little bad since they did drive an hour to see our daughter, but am I the a-hole? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm not a real big fan of, of just, you know, popping in. I mean, I don't like popping in unless, you know, you give somebody a little bit of warning. You know, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. Are you around? Do you mind if I stop over? I'm willing to do that. If there's a problem, then that's okay. But I'm not going to go out of my way. I also got to blame the parents here, too, because I'm not yeah. going to go out of my way a full hour knowing the rules and, yeah. and not at least asking if it's you okay know, that we come over. You know what I'm guessing? That there's something more going on here. Like there are some, there's some other issues with these parents that they have, right? That have clearly made them come up with a rule like that. And the, I mean, there are some, there, there seems to be some deeper issues going on between the relationship of these parents and yeah. the, and their son and daughter-in-law. But we do have a, we do have a calls. Yeah, how about that? Uh, Rock one hundred two. Good morning. Who's this? This is Tony. Hey, Tony. Who's the a-hole here? Uh, I think the two, I think the kids are the a-holes here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are your parents. These are your pa- they, they brought you into this world. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but you know what? If you've got, if you've got hard, fast rules, do you necessarily, no, no, don't, don't you, no, don't you no. think though, that yeah. the parents should have called in advance? I don't think so. No, I really don't. I mean, if they're in the neighborhood and they stopped in, I, I get it. You know, they stopped in, but I mean, 
Yeah, if they're going to drive an hour and waste their time, yeah, maybe call in advance. But if you're in the neighborhood, these are your kids, man. Like I just said, you gave birth to these guys. They should be yeah. letting you in the house. And the mom and dad, <laughs> the mom and dad popping is always a welcome one. Out of control. Yeah. yeah. Hey, All right, guys. hey, appreciate the call. Thanks Thank you very call. much. I mean, I kind of see it both ways to, to a degree. I wouldn't call the sheriff's department to remove my parents from the house. Well, I mean, they'd have to be doing something pretty awful in the house for me to call yeah. law enforcement and to intervene. That, that's sure the, what I mean. That's the, the last thing the cops need to be dealing with. And and as I said, there's something deeper going on here. There's there's another issue between these folks and this guy's parents. Yeah. Because who would would you really do that to your family member no, I if would, you didn't have any other, you know? I wouldn't kick somebody out. Yeah, I might not be happy that they showed up, but I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't toss them on the street. Rock one hundred and two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, this is Andrew from Greenfield. Hey, Andrew, up, Andrew, what do you think? Hey, I had the same issue with my grandparents showing up really randomly at my parents' house when I lived with them. We made that rule, and it's the best thing we ever did. I think the parents are the a holes in this situation. Really? Now, why did you? Why did yeah. your parents make that rule? My mom worked nights as a nurse, and my grandfather would show up whenever the hell he wanted just stop in to say hi. The dog would go crazy. She'd wake up after working a 12-hour right. overnight. Okay, right. okay. Right. that makes sense. That yeah. may, But that may be part of this story that's not that's not written or, or, or clear. You know, if you had a different yeah. sleep schedule, okay, well, then I think you have to kind of, you have to call in advance to see if it's okay. You know, especially if you're going to drive an hour, let somebody know. It just it makes sense to me. No, I can see yeah. that. I All can right. see that. Appreciate the call. Thank uh, you. Hey, thanks. Big fans of the show. I've been listening to it every day for 10 years. Oh, thank awesome. you very much. Thank you. Thank All you. right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Rock. Ooh. Dropper. Ah, there we go. Uh, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Yes, this is Tommy from Enfield. I believe with the kids. I think the kids were right. I believe there was something else involved. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right. But yep. uh, 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 on its face value, without trying to assume there's something else involved, are the kids the a-hole in this situation? No, they're not. My mother, my mother went through the same thing with my grandmother, who went through the same thing with the grandmother. I mean, the grandparents get to be a little bit of a little Budinsky, and you have to set these rules. There had to be something to set this rule. If these were nice parents and they didn't butt in, this rule would have never been put into place. Think about all the rules that you're... Consideration, there has to be a consideration on both sides. Think about all and the cockamamie... No... Yeah, right, hold on a second. Think about all the cockamamie rules that your parents imposed upon you as a kid. That's right, but when she stuck her foot in that door, she just proved what yeah. kind of person she was. You uh, might she, be right. She, she, she's very dominant. This woman is very dominant. She doesn't take no for all an right. answer. When she stuck her foot right in that door... That proved what kind of person she was. What kind of person would stick their foot in the door and demand to be let in? Uh, yeah. She didn't even take no for an answer. It's a good point. All right. Well, thank you much for, uh, very much for the call. There you go. You're very welcome. All have right, a great thanks. day. All right. There you Bye. go. There you have it. Uh, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? This is Jose from Holyoke. Hey, what's, what's up, going man? on? How much. So who's the a-hole in this situation? Oh, uh, I mean, you know... It's, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, everybody, you know, relationships are different with their parents and whatnot. I, for one, I, I would never I would never kick out my parents if they visit me. But, uh, you know, 
I've met people who who who, who hate their parents. They want to see them and I understand that. I I love my parents. I would never uh, I would never kick them out if they showed up unexpected. So yeah. you know. You're a good boy. Yeah, you know, they are a very boy. good boy, minding your parents that way, showing some respect. Yeah, you know, if, 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 if they showed up, it was, a, you know, a little bit of inconvenience. I'd be like, hey, you know, and it's, it's, you know, now's not a good time, hey, whatever, but I would never call. All right. <laughs> All, right. My All right. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah, Appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, all Let, right. Want to take we, one we, more? Yeah, take one more. Okay. And then uh, we'll wrap this dog and pony show up. There you go. Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Hi, how's it going? It's Bob from Lebanon. Hey, how's Bob. What's up to? Not too much. Who's the a-hole in this situation, Bob? Uh, de- definitely the parents. I mean, they make an excuse that they're coming to see the daughter. Give me a break. You know, and then they stick their foot in the door. They're, they're just a pain, you know? Now, would you would you That's kick would you kick your parents out in a situation like that? Oh, I have repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> Get out! I'm not crazy yeah, about you people. Exactly. <laughs> I was I wasn't that nice about it. Wow, very interesting. All, All right, right, we appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Bye. All right, you know you I've it. never had a problem with that with kicking your parents out. Not, well, my mom lived too far away. Anyway, yeah. but uh, but my in laws, they never like we had to we had to convince them to come over the house. Hey, do you want to come over? <laughs> hey, we have a special event going on. Your, your granddaughter's birthday is coming up. Okay, I guess if we have to, yeah. you know, you have to drag them out of the house. Well, you know, anyone who's been listening to the show for more than a dozen years knows that I kicked nobody out of my house. No, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've kicked one person out of the house in all that time, and that's that's probably be the last time I do it. Yeah, you were running like a like a hostel. Over yes, there. <laughs> it was as a bed and breakfast, lunch and dinner. Seven twenty one with Bax and Nagel and Rock one hundred two. Rock 102's annual Mayflower Marathon returns three days prior to about 7.30 and Bon Jovi with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, sunny today with a high of 68. Tomorrow with a 66. It's 47 in downtown Springfield. You know, somebody pointed out to me. Yeah. Because uh, I was wondering why I was singing Gloria Estefan in my head this morning. Right? And then uh, somebody says, I always think Gloria Estefan is going to play the first few notes of that Mayflower Marathon commercial. <laughs> and it's true because I was up in the bathroom earlier going. Oh, can you turn me up here? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, let's see if we can do this uh, right here. Let's see. Uh, yeah. See? Yeah, I can the kind of see. That. I wish I knew the words to this. Well, I, uh, I don't know if you are aware of this, but this uh, like the whole theme of the Mayflower Marathon is salsa. It is? Yes, because we like to say the word salsa. You know why people... What is it? You know why people like to eat salsa? Because they like to say the word salsa. Salsa. What happens yeah. if you have salsa, salsa with your salsa? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, it was in my head and I was trying to figure out why. And thank you, Michael. For uh, pointing that out to me. It's 731. News is next to Rock 102. Here's your Western. 734. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Serve You Locksmith. They got a key for that. St. James Avenue in Springfield or serveyoulocksmith.com. 
Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Are you ready? The now closed down Maple Street Elementary School in East Hampton is holding an auction for some of what remains in the building. Yeehaw! The remaining school equipment and supplies in classrooms, offices, and the cafeteria at Maple Street School are currently up for auction online. The Maple Street School Surplus Liquidation Auction ends on Sunday. You know, this is so crazy that mm-hmm. you're bringing this story up. Yeah. I was just saying the other day what I wouldn't do for an overhead uh, projector and a three-hole so, punch. So listen, I click on the link to this thing, uh, to the story. They got stuff. Everything is a dollar. The starting bids are a dollar. And you can do this online. You don't even have to go into uh, to the building to do this. I, I will uh, start the opening bid at $2 for a mimeograph machine. I don't know if they have the mimeograph machine. Here's I would what love I, to have all my documents in that purple, nice-smelling ink. Here's what I'm looking at. Number 29, the remaining contents of the principal's office. What the hell's left in it? It's a desk and a plastic chair. Okay. And another chair that looks very uncomfortable. This is the chair that he sat in yeah. and the other chair where he would yell at children. Yes. Okay. Good. They have the uh, the old uh, empty booze bottles. Yeah, I'm sure if that's the case. Yeah, what is this uh, white powder down here, huh? Who was having a party in this classroom? I'm, I'm sure that was confiscated material. Uh, two work tables, a wooden shelf, and a student chair. Uh, remaining contents of room number six. What was in room six? Uh, that's four desks with chairs. Wow. A smart board. Now that's a one. That's something. High bid is a dollar. For a smart board? I know. Those things are normally thousands of dollars. Yeah. Uh, the remaining contents of room seven. What was in seven? A carpet, like a piece of rug. Uh-huh. And then uh, three wooden coat and boot racks near hallway seven. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. Hallway near room seven. You know, my uh, junior high school, they had a machine that would clean erasers. And it, yeah, and it was like this. Uh, it kind of looked like one of those, uh, like you know, when they make keys and yeah. they got those rotoring, uh, those rotoring brushes that you know kind of clear everything off. Yeah, it kind of looked like that. So you kind of put the, the. So what you did was you put the eraser on it, and it would take all the chalk dust out of it. Oh, cool! Very, very cool, and it would kind of fluff it back up yeah. to to life. I don't have any erasers right now, but I kind of would like to have something like that in the house. You know, in case I, they ever want to install you know, any blackboards in the house. I um, uh, speaking of that, uh, the chalk eraser thing. Yeah, that was like a punishment for us. That was a punishment to go clean the erasers, dude. That was like the number one. And then we'd go outside. Being the, being the eraser monitor yeah. for the week, that was like the best job you could get. And I went to the Catholic school because I went to the Catholic school for free because my mom was the nurse. Oh yeah, yeah that's good. That's free, a good deal. Free, free free ride. Let me tell you something. That that's of all and, the things that you know you, we had assigned to us. Yeah, you get the erasers. You were able to clap the erasers. That was like the number one job. That was like a status uh, situation right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Who could who could be the race clapper today? Oh, but we best. used to take them outside and then start clapping them off, and then we'd have the uh, we'd have these we had these navy blue sweaters uh-huh. that we wore as a uniform. Yeah, and then we'd uh, we'd be hitting each other with the <laughs> with the thing, and then we'd come back in and get in more trouble because we were horsing around. We weren't supposed to be doing that. Well, that's what thing. listen. It, it, that's that is specified assigned horseplay we used to i I just remember the you know everybody's talking about these buildings that the oh these kids need new buildings and stuff 
You know, the building I was in for that Catholic school was probably built in the 1800s, mm-hmm. uh, so it was like, it was probably about 100 years old. Right. And uh, they had the old radiators in there, and we used to melt crayons on the radiators because they were always <laughs> malfunctioning. It was either too hot or too cold in the school during the winter. Yeah. And then when it got super hot, we'd be putting crayon, like watch it melt, and it would just turn into like a little puddle. I put one of them jars of paste on their radiator once, just oh, to see what yeah, would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great fun. Look at all the hijinks uh, oh, going on yeah. there. You can't do that kind of thing anymore. You know, when I was, uh, the last time I was uh, in my, uh, I don't believe it was, yeah, the last time I was in my hometown, I was uh, going to a cousin's house, and uh, and we drove past this uh, the school that I went to second and third grade in, and it was a four-room schoolhouse, yeah. kindergarten, first, second, and third. My wife couldn't believe that I was that I went to school in a four room schoolhouse, and it's still standing. Oh, yeah, wow. it's, I mean it's being used for other other purposes, but but yeah, I was in a four room schoolhouse. There were seventeen kids in my third grade class. That's crazy. I know. Yeah, I've I've known people that do went to they went to like Catholic school and they only had like twelve kids. In the this whole, was a in public a, school. Yeah, that was a public school. This was a public school. That's crazy. It the was old like North little, Rehoboth School, Little House on the Prairie. Very much so. Was uh, Nelly uh, teaching any classes there? Uh, no, no. I believe uh, there was Mrs. Hibner and Mr. Downs. Oh, how Those about Those are my that? two teachers. That's crazy. I know. They had that many kids in the class. 17. I had like a culture shock. I, I, I grew up in, a, in a upstate New York, you know, for most of my high school years. Right. Until I was a senior and then moved to Minichog. Well, going from a small town like I was in, there was literally like 76 kids in our graduating class. So there's maybe 400 kids in the whole school, right. if that. And w- I moved to Minichog. There's like 500 kids in one class. <laughs> you know. I know. Th- at the time. And it's just it was it was a, it was a kind of a culture shock to get used to that kind of thing. See, we hope it went through a weird thing. So when yeah. I so when we moved into town, I was in second grade. And back then, there were like 23, 24 kids in that class. Yeah. And the reason why it went down to 17 the following year is Rehoboth, for a period of time, had like a like a military, I want to say like an installation, was called the Nike site. Yeah. And basically, it was this area that was like right up the street from where I grew up. They had all this military housing and this large field. And in this field, there were bomb silos. <laughs> In the like ground, real bomb silos, serious bomb so, uh, silos okay. in, in the ground, because if if God forbid them, God fearing uh, you know, commies started to start bo- you know, bombing Boston. Yeah, our retaliatory uh, bombs would be coming from Rehoboth. So <laughs> between second and third grade, they wound up closing that area, and all these military families were moved out. So all the bombs go away. And a lot of the houses were all these kind of like these modular homes, slab homes. Yeah. So every now and then you'd see like one of these houses being moved down the street on a flatbed truck. Houses, like, you know, like dozens of moving these houses. Moving them out, yeah. Moving them out. And then at that point, third grade was only 17 kids in the in the class because at least four of those kids uh, the year before, four or five of them were all military. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a really weird thing. But but once everything was cleared out, you know, 
me and some of my buddies would go around, hang around the bomb silos. Because what the hell? That's yeah. fun stuff. Might as well go to the bomb silo. That's Come it. Come on, let's have a good time hanging out at the bomb silo. Someday we're going to sit around while we're adults and talk about playing by the bomb silos. There is some really cool stuff up here for auction at this school. I bet there is. Uh, a serve well steam table from the cafeteria. It's one of them big giant... Oh, where the steam comes yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. We we put the food in. It's like it's like a big sterno. That would that, be fantastic. That would be cool. They also have the the big cafeteria folding tables. This would be perfect if you were like a party uh, party person. Hell yeah! You know, because you can fit sixteen kids at that table. That after it's all folded after up. After it's all folded uh, uh, when it when it's unfolded. That's some pretty cool stuff. I always thought it'd be kind of nice to have like bleachers, those fold out bleachers mm-hmm. in your house. Yeah. You know, for when, the, like, crowds came over. Like, they have, like, you know, basketball, you know, games and stuff. Yeah. You just pull them all out and, like, a bunch of people could sit in your house. Yeah, that yeah. would be awesome. That'd be uh, great. Stainless steel table with two drawers. Ah, oh, God, I got to get in on this thing. Ooh, a carpet from the library. Yeah, don't you want a carpet that has been walked over and puked on and uh, sure everything do. else uh, by a bunch of different kids? Plastic chairs. All right, that's it. I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day. I'm bidding on items. Hey, if you see an overhead projector, yeah, keep me in mind. Oh, the smart board. The smart board. Smart board's cool. nice, but an overhead that really uh, that really brings me back. I want. I, I picked up a pencil sharpener uh, at like a like an antique store. Like a like a wall. Sharpener? It's one of those, it was the old school style ones, but it has a suction cup thing on the bottom of it, and you flip the lever, and it sucks itself to the whatever surface that you're putting it on. So you put it on the counter. Awesome. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, and it has all the different that. dials for the pencils. Who had different sized pencils? Like <laughs> Not that? them. Back in the old days, they did. Not today anymore. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today. I'm glad we got to news to this yeah, morning. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today. Uh, fog clearing and then a high of 68. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 68. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Joe's a nice guy. E- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rockets. 750 and sticks with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, sunny and 68 today, and it is 49 in downtown Springfield. Mayflower Marathon right around the corner, and now's the time to start uh, getting your... Uh, your donations together, whether it's at work or at school or around the neighborhood. You can even uh, prepare yourself to donate online at rock102.com. It happens between Monday, November 21st and Wednesday, November 23rd. We'll be broadcasting at the South End Market at MGM Springfield for 52 hours with the goal to fill 348-foot trailers with non-perishable foods, and we need your help to make that happen. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Capital Moving and Storage, Manny's Appliances, Xfinity, Camping World of West Hatfield, 4 and 3 Dumpsters, and many more. Again, get all the details at rock102.com. It's the Mayflower Marathon brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai, Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements, and Liberty Bank on Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. You know what time it is? Uh, it's 7.51. Oh, yeah. How'd you know that? Just a guess. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. That's your uh, familiar guitar riff each and every morning at this time. Yes. Uh, let's see. Ikea is suing an indie game developer for creating a horror survival video game that is set in a furniture store chain that looks remarkably like an Ikea. (laughs) Have you ever been to an Ikea? I have been to an Ikea multiple times. It is like a horror show down there. The store is closed. Is a game uh, created by Jacob Shaw. Available for pre-order on Kickstarter. This is the trailer for it. Have you ever gotten lost in one of those big furniture stores? 
Well, I've been stuck in this one for days. It just seems to go on forever. I'd ask a staff member for help, but I don't think they're even human. And worst of all... At night, the lights go out. The store is shut. Why haven't you left? The store is closed. Spooky. It is spooky, huh? Man. Almost like being in a real Ikea. (laughs) (laughs) You never felt that way when you were walking around that place? Like, oh my God, how do I get out of here? There have been a few times when I'm uh, checking out or waiting to grab boxes at at the end of the run. I went to an Ikea once, like 20 years ago. Uh, in in Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. And um, it was like, I can't believe there's a store this big anywhere. Like, it, it's huge. It's It's got to yeah. be like, what, four football fields uh, in size? E- each floor, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a, it's an insane amount of furniture. The, 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 uh, the few years ago, I went down, I told the story before, I bought a bed. Yeah. And uh, you, know, you, you, you get the end of it, you grab all the boxes you need. And all the way down in New Haven, grab it, go through the uh, go through the checkout, get back home, realize I had forgotten to grab a piece, so I had to go all the way back down to New Haven because without it, the bed was useless. Yes, yeah, I had yeah, to do I, two runs to New Haven in a day. I actually saw these nice chairs I want, but they're like two hundred dollars each, and I'm not spending two hundred dollars on a chair, although it looks very comfortable. Well, that's actually a reasonable yeah. price for chairs. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but how long does that stuff last? Is IKEA like long-lasting stuff, or is it just some of, cheap? Some of it is. All right. Uh, clip number two: A scuba diver named Javier Claramunt was diving off the coast of Catalina Island in California and lost consciousness. To his good fortune, a group of women dressed up as mermaids rescued him. Apparently, the mermaids were in the middle of a uh, PADI mermaid rescue course to learn safety when swimming dressed as a mermaid. What? Really? When they saw him struggling and jumped into action, here's the group of divers that Javier was with and the woman who rescued him, Elena Marie Garcia, talking about what happened. We're pulling them, you know, and we're getting a little winded and a little tired out. And then out of nowhere, just a bunch of mermaids show up. While we were practicing our mermaid rescue scenarios of rescuing another mermaid, I see him coughing foam, which is a telltale sign in diving of an air embolism. So he started doing CPR. Right, right in the water. She right comes in, the water, in which is and great. just mouth to mouth and just trying to, like, get air into Pablo, making sure that he's okay. And now I know for sure I can rescue a scuba diver in a mermaid's tail, which I I think is crazy. All right. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that uh, you could be saved by actual mermaids. I would pretend just to be passed out. <laughs> oh look, I'm drowning! Help save me! Look, over look, here. I'm foaming at the mouth. Look, look, there's four hot mermaids over there that want to make out with me. Uh, clip number three: A passerby that made a wrong turn in Nebraska neighborhood saw a house on fire and was able to warn and rescue four family members. Here's the man who warned the family, Brendan Burt, and the entire Leanham family, talking about this amazing rescue and how it went down. Every second that was going by, I was just getting worse. I, know, I just felt like somebody was in there because it was so late at night. You know, I got this new that I died quick. Everything was just black in the living room. There was nothing left of it. I just wanted to break down and cry. Like, I don't even know these people here. I'm so incredibly grateful. My kids wouldn't have made it, man. That's a that's a cool thing that this guy, uh, you know, happened to take the wrong turn. Yeah. But then, like, how do you explain, like, uh, let's say he was going home and his okay. wife was waiting for him. Right. And he has a, he has a history of uh, stopping at the bar on his ride home. 
And then uh, finally he doesn't show up for like two hours later because he's helping rescue all these people out of this house and he's got to give statements and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you finally get home. Where were you? Uh, baby, I, I really I saved a family from uh, from a burning down the house. Oh, really? Is that what you call your bum bar friends down there drinking fireball shots? Is that what you're doing all day long? I actually think I'm going to go and uh, leave the house and try to find another burning building just yeah. to sit in the middle of it. Yeah, I just I don't want to be around you <laughs> rather than rather than save people because I'm a good humanitarian. I think I'm just going to let myself burn. You make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, and clip number four, listen to this uh, young woman surprise her boyfriend with evidence that he cheated on her. She filmed herself leaving her car and confronting him as he stands in front of the building. His lack of response makes it clear that he knows he's guilty. Ladies, you're going to like this one. Who's Jenna from Bowling Green? What'd you do with her? No, no. What did, she sent me everything today. What, did she, what happened? You want to tell me? I don't know. <laughs> I bet not. I bet not. Okay. Oh, damn. damn. Snap. He that, got caught. He is busted. <laughs> poor bastard. <laughs> Why is he a poor bastard? Because, I mean, you know, it's, it's because he's been humiliated and now it's all over the internet. Poor yeah. guy. Well, I guess you F around and find out. That's <laughs> yes, how you, you do. That's how you get that. That's right. It is uh, 757. City Councilor uh, Justin Hurst will be in the studio with us uh, moments from now. It's uh, Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. New England Patriots football. Every game. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, remember when Ime Udoka was the head coach of the Boston Celtics? Getting them to win the Eastern Conference title. Bring them to an NBA final for the very first time uh, in years. Losing to the Golden State Warriors in six games. Those were good old days for Ime Udoka. But you know, just before things started going to the crapper, that's when we started to have second thoughts. I'm sure that many of you might recall that it was only just a few months ago where Ime Udoka appeared to have destroyed his coaching career after he was indefinitely suspended for having an inappropriate physical relationship with a female staffer, which in turn created a hostile work environment. Does any of this sound familiar? Because it only happened two months ago. Now, you would think that while Ime Udoka was busy allowing his penis to interfere in the running of the everyday operations of the basketball team, that finding other coaching opportunities might have been difficult. After all, who wants to hire a guy with A, who is still technically under contract with the Boston Celtics, and B, seemingly incapable of controlling his animalistic reserve of overflowing testosterone and using it like a dividing rod in the desert? Well, apparently it only took about six weeks for the Brooklyn Nets to decide, hey, you know what? We're going to ignore that indefinite suspension and those allegations of him being a workplace cancer and try to hire him anyway. According to reports, just hours after firing head coach Steve Nash, the Nets have decided to pursue the next best thing, a walking human resource disaster. Oddly enough, the Boston Celtics have granted permission for the Nets to take this dirt bag off their hands. It's certainly not like the Celtics wanted to have anything to do with him, bringing him a guy back into the office, but he's perfectly uh, he's the perfect guy to bring into a bad situation like the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, if I were a woman working in that office, I might feel a little bit less safe, but and if I were Steve Nash, I might feel as though it was a pretty big insult too. But at the end of the day, it appears as though he's about to become somebody else's problem, and apparently the Nets appear to be okay with that, like the Catholic Church of Basketball. All they have to do is ignore the egregious accusations and hope he never does it again. In other words, 
Let's see who they replace him with in the next six months. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. When does grilling season end? I'll tell you when. Never. Get a grill you love at Rocky's and grill year-round. A Weber gas grill, a Traeger wood fire grill, or a big green egg. What's your style? They got your grill and all the gear at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. Sunny, a high of 66. It's currently 48 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. It's been a while since we've had uh, Springfield City Council Justin Hurst in the studio. It's good to see you. It's always a pleasure to be here. I like the way that uh, you know, whenever your name hits a newspaper <laughs> or a news story, it's always something. It's like you like you're like a, like I don't want to say you're an agitator because I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. But you you always wonder, you know, you know what is behind some of these stories. And this one is a little confusing, especially on the on the surface. Uh, this is about uh, former de- de- uh, detective Luke Cornoyer uh, being hired by the fire department. And considering what he had been involved in, you know, maybe not telling the truth to a grand jury and, and any number of things, it seems un- it, it's it's alarming that something like this would happen. Give us your, your thoughts on, on what's going on here. I would agree. And I, I like to call it good trouble. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, this, you know, this is pretty sh- uh, straightforward, at least in my opinion. I mean, when it comes to uh, Luke Kenoyer, uh leaving and resigning from the Springfield Police Department to take a job in the fire department after he's already admitted to drinking on the job, uh, lying to a grand jury, covered up an assault on a juvenile by a Springfield police officer. You know, he allowed an interrogation of a juvenile to occur without intervening. I mean, he framed one of his officers that he was, uh, you know, that also was involved in this particular altercation. But more importantly, he cost the taxpayers over $900,000. Yeah. I mean, the young men that that were involved in, you know, this particular case, I mean, we've already paid two of them. Uh, you look at the individual that was uh, framed who was on the police office or was on the police force and was forced to resign. He just got like $350,000 from the city of Springfield. And the fact that you know that you can just resign, continue to collect your pension and go and work for another department that is well respected and that, you know, also operates on a level of integrity, you know, as it relates to, to their employment of protecting and serving. It's problematic, you know, and everybody should be asking why. The publicity of the story is is really interesting to me because you know, everyone knows about this whole Greg Bigda, Vignalt, you know, debacle. We all know that it took forever to resolve, and we all know what the end result was. So it's not like they weren't aware of of where Cornelia is, is coming from. It's not like, you know, this was like a, a low-level guy who whatever fell through the the cracks here. The 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 justification, as I'm understanding it, the 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 the, the, attor- the, the city attorneys are saying there's nothing legally preventing him from getting this job, and he, he scored high within the top tier on the test to get this job with the fire department. It's if, if this is to be believed, you're like, well, is there anything that they could have done to, to disrupt this hiring? And they're saying probably not. I, I just would ask the question, what is the standard? I mean, what is the standard for individuals who protect and serve in the city of Springfield? 
Uh, if the standard is that you can lie on the job and still get hired as a firefighter, then in my opinion, that's problematic. If the standard is that you can essentially steal money from taxpayers and still get hired, uh, that to me is problematic. And I know the solicitor said that this individual was not charged uh, with a crime, was not convicted of a crime. He was not convicted because he cooperated with the Department of Justice. That's the only reason why charges are not brought. And so when we look at the fire department and we look right on their website, it says a candidate may be disqualified for evidence of character, clearly unsuited for fire services. For me, it's a no brainer. I mean, this is character that everybody should be appalled at. And, you know, we ought to certainly not set the precedent and being hire, hiring individuals uh, who have lost their job in the in the police department to the fire department. I mean, I've talked to a number of firefighters and they are just as disappointed as I am. Yeah. You know, we, we had uh, Cheryl Claproot in here uh, a few weeks ago. We were talking about, you know, I mean, obviously, like with the uh, the, the, the the civilian review board, uh, the commission. Uh, you know, there's a lot of feeling that, you know, they certainly need to be in place. They certainly should have the ability to make recommendations. They certainly should have the ability to, to be involved here. But the police department brings up a point that, you know, I, 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 that unless you have people that have served in law enforcement in some capacity that understand the, the jobs and the complexity of the job, it sounds like, you know, we're like oversimplifying police work. And 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 who is on this review board, and and what powers they may or or may not have? When you hear that kind of uh, you know criticism from the police department, what's what's your first reaction to that? I, we should have had a process in which we actually used to hire these particular commissioners who were experienced uh, in law enforcement. I believe that. You know, a lot of what many of these commissioners bring to the table is what we need, uh, especially as it relates to identifying where individuals or individuals who should be disciplined and potentially be fired. I don't think you need to have a law degree in, uh, you know, in public safety for you to be able to make right. some of the more basic decisions that that ultimately happens. I mean, you hear the facts of the case and then you arrive at the conclusion as to whether they should be disciplined or not. Uh, don't get me wrong, though. If we would have had a process as opposed to just handpicking commissioners, then we might have been able to achieve the objective that uh, Superintendent Claproot uh, would like to see. And the fact that we don't lies solely on Mayor Sano. And I and, and, and again, this is a this is Justin Hurst from the city council in the studio. The reason I bring that up is because both situations suggest a level of accountability. Uh, the accountability for you know what happens in the police department, what ha- you know, the accountability for hiring in other departments. You know there seems to be there's there's a connective tissue that kind of surrounds all of this to me. And I and I and I don't and I don't know enough about police work to say what the answers are or should or should not be. It's just interesting to me that I can see, uh, you know, I can see some connectivity here. I, this particular case involving Luke Canoyer is not a hard one. And if we can't agree to some basic facts of, you know, what creates a standard for individuals who ought to be serving and protecting the residents of Springfield, then we're in trouble. And if the issue was around what civil service would do, then we needed to take action and actually set the standard ourselves and say, you know what, civil service, if you don't like it, overturn it. 
but we owe it to the residents of Springfield to set a high bar for individuals who protect and serve in the city of Springfield and ensure that anybody who applies for these positions knows that we're going to set a high bar and knows that we're going to hold folks accountable. Uh, well, I was going to say, maybe he's so good at uh, burning bridges, maybe he's good at putting the fires out on those, too. <laughs> you don't know. I know you're taking a risk here, but you <laughs> You know, but it calls into, you know, it calls into question the process. I mean, it, did we have an interview? Did we do a Google search? I mean, this is not like something where you had to, <laughs> you, you had to so do a, what, deep, a deep dive, what, a deep research dive in order to find out his background. What was the process of that? So he takes a civil service exam. To, to like everybody has to to take a job like that, right? And then and then do you sit down? You must sit down for an interview with some. I don't understand I, how this whole thing works. That's why I'm just asking you. I, I assume you start off by filling out an application, and my hope is that in that application it asks some basic questions, uh, especially in terms of you know have you held employment in the city of Springfield, and it ought to say you know have you done anything that brings your character in question. If that simple question was asked, then this particular individual would have had to answer in the affirmative, which ought to have automatically disqualified him from even applying. The fact that we wasted taxpayer money on putting this particular individual through an academy is outrageous. And so we didn't catch his history on the application. We didn't catch it on a background check. Uh, with with respect to the interview process uh, and the official interviews that they have to go through prior to going to the academy, uh, we didn't catch it until after. I mean, I, folks knew. Uh, they knew from the top down, and they said that this particular individual is suited to serve. And I, I just have a fundamental uh, problem with that and difference of opinion with, with the mayor and the administration. Has any Has anyone said from the fire department, you know, what the reasoning was for for hiring him the fact that they didn't comment speaks value the mayor didn't comment no response is a response no response is a response the police commissioner didn't comment and i completely understand why listen i'm an attorney i i I know when you need attorneys (laughs) you need attorneys (laughs) when you don't have the answer and you need folks to in turn try to find an answer that is suitable and the answer that even the solicitor gave you know certainly might uh, you know, it might cover their rear ends in the short term, but in the long term, it's definitely going to come up again and again and again until they ultimately uh, either fire this individual or he resigns. We were talking off the air about uh, what else is going on in the city. You said you're trying to look for a way to to, to figure out the ARPA funds. Uh, <laughs> what is the, the general feeling about that, and, and, and where do you see that going? We, we've got to get this money in the communities. You know, when you look at the, the amount of money that has been spent thus far uh, and the amount of money that is left over, I mean, you're talking about roughly 50 to $60 million that is left over. We started with $123 million. When you look at the numbers, the overwhelming amount of money has gone to downtown. I talk to a number of residents on a regular basis who want to see that money invested in communities who want to see it invested in the small businesses in their communities. And when uh, the money that is going out outweighs uh, other neighborhoods from a, from a rate of 38 to 1 uh, in terms of the amount of money going to our communities, it's problematic. You look at the north end of Springfield, they've only received $100,000. 
you know, you look at uh, the center of downtown. I mean, they've received millions. And so, you know, while we want a vibrant downtown, we can't uh, we can't forget about those communities that uh, those taxpaying citizens that, um, you know, that that need help. It's interesting to me because, you know, there are other parts of the cities that have actually seen like a lot of growth. You know, not just in, in business, but you know, you know residential. Like I've mentioned before, uh, there was that housing development that was uh, that was built on uh, like Bay and Berkshire. You know, twenty houses go up. They're being sold for two hundred ninety, three hundred thousand dollars a piece, and each one of them sold. You know, you know, people are interested in other parts of the city, and it would be kind of nice to see that distributed, and people and have that that money really invest in some other areas of of the city. Agreed. I mean, when you look at, you know, small businesses and micro businesses are really the heartbeat of Springfield. Yeah. Uh, investing in those particular business lead to employment uh, also leads to individuals actually spending money in those particular communities. And so we just we need to do a better job. You know, there, there's a lot of money to go around and that money is quickly dwindling. When I when I've had the conversation with with certain people about, you know, development and economic development, you know, they, a lot of them talk about the development of downtown having this um you know, having these, uh, the uh, like a tentacle effect. You bring people downtown, they're more willing to consider other parts of the city. It it seems like an oversimplification to do that because this is not the first city where there are outlying parts of that community that get ignored and nothing goes into those those parts of the city. I mean, is that how you see it too? I think if you look at the developments that we've done downtown, we've already from MGM to the Elm Street project uh, to the new Civic Center garage that is getting ready to be built with storefronts on the bottom. We've done a lot of investing in downtown. Yeah. Uh, at some point in time, we need to take a step back and realize that our communities also need to grow too. And we want to make sure Springfield is a great place to live, work, and play. And that starts with the actual residents in the city. But, but you got to admit, that yeah. parking garage needed to come down 20 years ago. I mean, let's yeah. not kid ourselves. I'm surprised it didn't come down on its own 20 years ago. All, all it would have taken for a couple of city councilors to give it a good push, and it would have knocked over by itself. That is true. That 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 is true. But, you know, we just... We need to make sure that we're not losing sight of what is most important in the city, and that's our residents. So we yeah. want them to have a vibrant downtown, but at the same time, we want them to have a nice place to live, and we want to make sure neighborhoods are safe and clean. Justin Hurst from the Springfield City Council. It's great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Always yeah. a pleasure, gentlemen. It's been a long time. By the way, you really want to get fired up? Greg Bigda is now a barista at Starbucks. <laughs> Venti Red Eye for the Palmer Kid. I actually was headed there. I might need to go to Dunkin' Donuts now. There you go. <laughs> it's 824 with Bax and Nagel and Justin Hurst on Rock 102. <laughs> Rock 102's annual Mayflower Marathon. Friends. It's 828 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 68. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Check out the uh, daily podcast we posted after the show today on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and on rock102.com. That way, if you miss the show, you don't feel like you're on the outs. You can always go back and listen to what you missed whenever you damn well feel like it. Also, check out Bax's musical podcast, my guest this week, singer-songwriter uh, Rozzy Crane. Got a brand new record out called Berry Deluxe. Uh, it features uh, help with Nile Rodgers and a bunch of other people. She's an emerging <laughs> artist. Actually, a really interesting interview, and you can check that out on rock102.com. Uh, uh, <clears throat> okay, well, that, I was going to say a traffic alert, but that was from yesterday. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about it. Well, there was a car fire on I-91 yesterday. 
But that was yesterday. Yes. And again, it says updated 15 hours ago. And it says traffic is moving very slowly from exits one through seven on the northbound side. Well, what happened to the car fire? Yeah, no Did kidding. Did it eventually get cleared? Is traffic moving again? They usually Come don't on. let usually don't let a car fire go more than twenty four hours. Oh God, I I got a uh, somebody sent me this. Hang on a second. It was a it was the a picture of Western Mass News. Who's the blonde on Western Mass News? Uh, Mary uh, um, uh, uh, Wilson. Is it Mary Wilson? Is that who it Mary is? Mary Johnson. Mary Johnson. Mary Smith. Somebody. Something somebody named Mary. Something about Mary. Right. The, the you know the cryon on the screen. You know it tells you you know what the story's about. Yeah. You know, so she's reading the story and and the thing says, state police discover fatal crash featuring one victim. Featuring. Yes. Coming to you live. It's another victim in a crash in Massachusetts. Featuring? Featuring. That's not really uh, no, that's, that's the right not word really there. the word that yeah. should be there. And I know it's not her fault. It's probably the person whoever uh, put that up on that cryon thing. Yeah, well, I mean, usually it's given to the person operating that thing by somebody else. And I wouldn't say featuring would be, you know, like very special guest. Yeah, who's you know, headlining tomorrow? It's not exactly the same. <laughs> who's the Who's the opener? Yeah, no kidding. Mm. Interesting idea. It's eight thirty. News is next to Rock One Hundred. Jackson Nagel and Rock One Hundred Two. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car whether you trade it or not. He's local radio icon Steve Nagel. By the way, it is Mary Wilson. I don't know why I had a hard time remembering that. I was uh, I panicked. Oh, that was the one in. Uh, she's from Hart, right? No, that's uh, Anne or Nancy Wilson, not right. Mary. It's the one from Wilson Phillips then. No, that would be Carney Wilson. You may be thinking of her sister, uh, Mackenzie Phillips. No, 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 no. You're thinking of that screwdriver that you use with the four points on it. No, that's a Phillips head. Uh, which I believe is what Mackenzie gave quite a bit of. I don't know. Anywho, yes. emergency crews were called to a Springfield bank on Tuesday. Afternoon. Springfield fire officials said they responded to TD Bank on Sumner Avenue for reported white powder. The first crews on the scene determined that a Tier 1 hazardous material response was needed. Makes the Tier 2 look like a Dawn dish detergent spill. Was, was, this, uh, was this determined to be something specific, or could it have been, like uh, say, like flour? Well, the hazmat team investigation found that the substance was baking soda. Ah. Yes. Who's bringing bacon soda into a bank? Well, I mean, you know, they've got those uh, those marble countertops. It's actually a good surface to say, like, uh, need a bunch of dough. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. Many times I thought, boy, this bank surface, sure, we'd be a great place to, uh, you know, make bread. Need my dough? Yeah, it's like make dinner rolls. Well, that is a, a baker uh, joke right there that you made, didn't you? Yes, it is. A little Baker pun. That's, that's correct, yes. I don't think the people at the bank appreciate it. Very that. subtle. Uh, crews in Granville responded to Old Westfield Road Tuesday evening for reports of a rollover accident. According to Granville police, the crash resulted in a broken utility pole. Officials said that Eversource was, again, no update, is evaluating the damage of the pole and will notify police if road closures will be necessary during the repair. This was f- updated 15 hours ago. <laughs> Yeah, right on the spot, uh, and yet here and yet here we are reporting it too, like it just happened. Well, hey, listen, uh, I'm only reading what is given to us. I can't do any uh, any more than no, that. No, listen, no one is asking you to do anything. Uh, just do what you do. 
A Springfield man was arrested uh, Friday following an investigation that found drugs and firearms inside of a Munsing Street home in Ludlow. Ludlow Police Chief Daniel Velada said officers worked with a federal task force to serve a search warrant at a single-family home on Munsing Street after a lengthy investigation into drug trafficking. Yeah, remember we had, uh, it was the 22 News crew saw Mm -hmm. a bunch of cops on Munsing Street. Oh my God, there was cops there, DEA agents. It was crazy. Now we know what happened. This guy in there had lots of drugs, 621 grams of cocaine, $62,000 worth of it, 500 grams of heroin, that $40,000, two semi-automatic handguns. You know, usually when you when you see uh, like that much cocaine in Ludlow on that particular street, it's because there's a, there's a big party going on that weekend. Now you don't usually think of it like a like a drug lab or a drug house on a nice residential street like that. The people of Ludlow are very party people. Oh they, yeah, they like doing lines. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Police arrested 31-year-old Orlando Santiago of Springfield after they determined he was in control of the contraband found in the home. He was arraigned in Palmer District Court and charged with all kinds of things. And uh, Chief Velada said this arrest illustrates the continued proliferation of deadly narcotics such as fentanyl, heroin, and cocaine in our local communities, not only in urban cities but in suburban neighborhoods and rural, rural areas as well. Narcotics and legal firearms continue to be a greatest threat against our residents, law enforcement officers, and to society in general. But they are gone now. Yeah. And they only wish it was just... Baking soda. Now, do you ever watch these uh, these uh, Western Mass News getting answers things? Sure. The uh, Northampton Fire Department is getting the word out that they responded to a record number of emergency calls last month, and Western Mass News is digging deeper to find out the cause for the uptick. Oh, maybe people got their phones turned back on. Well, that could be. Northampton uh, Fire Rescue serves the city each and every day. However, lately they've noticed a big increase in emergency calls. Uh, it's kind of unprecedented to hit 800 calls in a month, especially for Northampton Fire. We've never had that number before. Uh, that is according to uh, Division Chief of EMS Matthew Lemberg. Lemberg told Western Mass News the department had 805 calls in the month of October, the highest call volume in their history. Uh, Lemberg uh, was able to break down that number. He said 805 calls, 582 were from medical, and 52 were from mutual aid. That's where they've seen the biggest increase in calls from other departments looking for help in emergencies. I wonder, though, if that's because of a lack of uh, people. Um, Is the mutual aid being called in because you have less people working on your crew in other towns? Maybe. I don't know enough about you know what they are doing in Northampton, uh, you know, in that regard to know how they are with staffing. If, if it's like anybody else, then yeah, maybe they do need to call in mutual aid. But for for medical calls, you wouldn't think so. Uh, he said, we're seeing everything from cardiac arrest to uh, mental health issues with everything opening back up after the end of COVID pandemic and uh, more people and more students moving into the area. I think we're seeing more people utilize the services for the need. That kind of makes sense, too. Yeah. You know, you're, you haven't had this kind of volume in a couple of years, and then now everybody's moving back in at once. I wonder if they're going to that motel where all those kids are staying on Route 9. I don't know. Probably, uh, probably not. I mean, they probably are, but you know, not 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 <laughs> to justify eight hundred calls in a what? What do you said? Eight hundred in a month? Eight hundred and five in Jesus. October alone. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's not. Uh, that's seemingly a very busy day for any number of those first responders. Especially, in the, I mean, you know, the, I mean, obviously, you know, Northampton's a fairly decent sized town for for this area, but you know, it's it's not Springfield. 
That's a lot of calls for a small town. It is a lot of calls. I have a couple of surveys here. Oh, really? You want to talk about surveys? Sure. Survey said. A uh, garage always starts out as a place for vehicles, but over time, a workbench is added along with tools, gardening equipment, secondary fridges, you know, things of the like, mm-hmm. and uh, more boxes of just stuff. There's a new survey out on garages, and 36% of Americans say their garage is so full. How full is it? So full, they can no longer park vehicles inside of it. We don't park our cars in our garage. I don't either. One, it's a one-car garage. We've got two cars. So someone gets preferential treatment. Someone doesn't get preferential treatment. But right now, there's just too much stuff inside of it that uh, to to really manage it. I have a very small garage for two cars Mm -hmm. that has no cars. I could fit the van in there. But the truck, there's no, no way because the, the height on it is too high. Yeah. And That's then, uh, one of the problems we have, too, is the height. Because yeah. we both have big gas-guzzling SUVs. We yeah. couldn't squeeze two cars into that thing if you tried. And then uh, my brother did that whole, uh, do what Dad used to do with the big, we used to have a big, like, van to carry everybody around in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that was an old, like, 70s uh, Ford van. Sure. Passenger van. But he would have to wedge something in the garage door to keep it held up while he backed because you could it would clear the ceiling but you still needed you needed space for the door the space for the door yeah and i was like uh i'm not doing that i already (laughs) took up that i had already uh tested the waters with that whole drinking thing that dad did i'm not gonna go (laughs) doing this whole thing by propping garage doors up with listen if you start setting carpeting on fire or using the dishwasher as a toilet then all of a sudden maybe you're taking uh these uh these steps too far 62 percent of people say their garage is the most cluttered space in their entire home i would agree with that Mm, no i would say there are parts of our basement that have more clutter Okay. Yeah. Well, you're not part of that 62% then. No, Just I'm over not. half, 53% use their garage as an at-home workshop for DIY projects. Not me. Nope. I don't do that. <laughs> That's And not because I refuse to use the garage for that kind of thing. I just refuse to use anything for a DIY project. But that implies that there's still enough space to walk around, at least, if you're using it as a workshop. Maybe. Uh, Not surprisingly, most people would prefer an organized garage. 90% of the people say an orderly garage can make a small garage feel bigger. And 85% would take pride in a well-organized and unusable garage. I have no pride. (laughs) You and I are beyond that. I'm not taking pride in a clean garage. No. I actually take pride in a garage that I don't have to clean. I just keep putting things into it. At some point, I'm going to move my snowblower into the garage. Why are you going to do that? Because, like, right now it's in a shed on the top of a hill, and I want to bring it down so it's easy for me to use. Yeah, you see, this is the time of year you should be testing that out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I need to start doing that. But you need to do that, like, if you don't do it by tomorrow or Friday. Well, when are we expecting our first snow? But that's the thing. See, you're getting complacent with the weather. The weather's very mild right now. I know. In two weeks, we live in New England. In two weeks' time, we could have 10 feet of snow. And you'll be ass out because you didn't get that thing tested, and you'll be coming in here bitching about it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. Listen, I, I, I believe me. I am the first person to admit my own personal hypocrisy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Without a, without a doubt. All right. I just want to make sure that you knew that. Oh yeah. No, and I'll, I'll be crying for for someone to plow my driveway. Oh, you know, I'll do it. 
Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today, you're going to be uh, sunny with a high of 68. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. Looking at 45 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Aww. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.50 and Alice in Chains with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. That's like one of their worst songs. Come on. Come on. That is uh, that is one of the greatest songs of all time. Otherwise, we wouldn't be playing it. Uh, three times a day. Oh, please stop it. We we never play that three times in a day. Did you see this uh, the story that came out from, uh, from uh, UMass up in Amherst? No. Which one? They conducted a survey. Quick uh, poll question. Uh, they conducted to see how people around. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Survey said. To see how people around the state of Massachusetts would feel if, let's just say, somebody went doggone crazy and moved the state capital from Boston to Springfield. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did hear something about this. Now, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't want to be critical of our uh, of our largest state university. Uh, and and uh, and and they are more than capable of doing any number of research projects that actually help and have uh, uh, you know reasons to happen. But this is the stupidest freaking thing I've ever heard in my life. College students doing a poll question to find out whether or not people want to move the capital from Boston, where it's been for dozens of years Mm -hmm. and bring it all the way to springfield which most people in boston have never even seen surprisingly enough most people are not in favor of moving the capital to springfield and less surprising 23 percent of those questioned were totally indifferent by the uh, by the question really they didn't care didn't give our frogs fat ass meanwhile some of you are sending your kids to UMass Amherst to have them work on a project just like this. That is a good use of their educational time. Do you think we should move the capital from Boston to Springfield? <laughs> it's hard-hitting research I'm going telling on today, Kevin. I'm reading this. Yeah. I'm going, are you out of your... What, who's what? thinking of this junk? But that's that's like... You know what the, those are? And somebody explained this to me uh, not too long ago. Though when when you have surveys that come out of universities, like oh my god, they're spending money on uh, testing Fruit Loops or or something ridiculous that you would think. Why are well, we spending uh, money on that? Wait a minute now, what? testing testing on Fruit Loops is not that ridiculous. Okay, uh, any number of other things that uh, you might say. Why were they spending money okay. on that uh, testing that? Yes. Most of those are student projects. Yes. They're like the, 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 the research papers that are due by the end of the semester. Yeah, but they're not always submitted to the press after they're completed. If it's just a if it's a homework assignment, that's one thing. This this took time. This took like, you know, hundreds of people yeah. surveyed in this. This this was an actual highly involved thing where you know people had to be vetted but, out okay but was was it an example of how to run a poll that that could be the mm. issue as well yeah well you know um and then some and then somebody jumps on they you know they search the papers at uh, umass because all these things are put online for grading and all that other stuff you can go see some of those things you can, sure. you can research and find uh Different things. That's how stories are made out of these surveys and all that stuff. So that's what it is. Some guy was like, oh, look at this. 
a survey wondering if they wanted to move Boston to Springfield. All right. So let's just say that this is just an educational opportunity mm-hmm. for young kids to figure out how to do basic research. Right. What in God's name was Mass Live thinking about when they reported on this? Uh, we have nothing else to put out today, so let's put this thing out. I mean, the, the story starts off a quirky poll question Monday wedged between serious policy issues surrounding the MBTA and the governor partnering uh, marijuana convictions. So why not do stories about those two things <laughs> as opposed to doing a story doing about utter nonsense? Because people don't like to think too much about complicated issues. I yeah. hope that no one reads Listen. something like this and says, boy, you know, that's a really good idea. Moving the state capital to Springfield, we could use something like that. Listen, you know how I feel about politics and all that stuff. And then uh, we had that guy, Tremendous Johnson, in here last week. Bill, yes. Tremendous Bill Johnson. Nothing against the guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, but we were talking about the... Uh, the high speed rail thing, and this is where I this is where I have an issue with with the politicians. They just tell you, you know, what they think. They don't really explain to you why this would be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And he t- he mentioned high speed rail, and the first thing he said he goes, "Well, the thing I want to know if you're going to add all these stops, how is it high speed? Well, it it's a faster train, so it just gets to the stops faster. So it's still considered high-speed rail. Sure. I don't really know why that kind of alluded to that. Sure. But a simple research on this uh, this high-speed rail thing, and I and I, I agree with him. It's, it's, it's too much money. It's too much money to build these high-speed rails that are only meant for one thing. And I don't know why that hasn't been brought up at all. And even the people opposing it, like him, didn't mention that. It's yeah. because the infrastructure for high-speed rail cost billions and billions of dollars that we don't have to do that. That's the and you know and, and that you can do be- study after study on this high-speed rail stuff. And the reality is, we can't afford it. Yeah. But it's like, why do why do we not well, get is to he, the right? But the the issue is is it is it high-speed rail or is it just east-west rail? Because it, do, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a the extension of the Acela train, you know. I mean, just have, but we already have a train that goes from Springfield to Boston. You can get on an Amtrak train and go to Boston right now. Sure, it's Amtrak. Yeah, but the regular MBTA, you know, that's that's you know the commuter rail is a hell of a lot See, cheaper than taking Amtrak. I always wondered why we didn't do that, but the but but the issue was the high speed rail thing. That was the thing that I didn't – if it's high speed, yes, it's going to stop at more stops, but it's also going to get there faster than it would. If you go from Palmer to Sturbridge, you can get there in 10 minutes versus, uh, you know, half an hour by a regular train. I, I just – I don't understand why, why why we don't just put the facts out there the, and say this is the reason why. That makes more sense than just saying, well, I don't know. Uh, put st- How is this going to work with more stops on the rail? The cost is usually the thing that puts these kinds of issues to, to bed yeah. you know, around the country when it talks about you know high-speed rail or light rail or whatever yeah. it's going to be. It's usually the cost that ends the discussion. You know, Here, we've been talking about this for a long, long time, and you had Richie Neal get all this money for Union Station, mm. uh, which is great, but I mean, you know, to, to use it properly for what it really was meant to serve for, having you know commuter rail to Boston – makes infinite sense but then you have to figure out how to pay for it and no you're right no one has actually come out and said okay um this is what it would cost to do that and this is how much we have to spend but but that's the thing it was a simple explanation and i said well that makes a lot of sense you're right it does cost a lot of money to 
you know, even put in regular east-west rail lines that cost a lot of money. I don't know why you're spending so much money on studies year after year to tell you the same exact answer. It's uh, 8.58 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. New England Patriots football. Every game.